Welcome to The Beacon, your connection to nonprofit success. Now here's your Lighthouse Council host. Hello, and welcome to The Beacon Podcast. I'm Margaret Gardner, your host for today's talk with Vilika Van Rijn, CEO of the Resource Alliance, a global nonprofit organization that inspires fundraisers and other agents of change to develop the knowledge, tools, and connections necessary to fuel their purpose. We're excited to have you here with us to discuss participative leadership, what that looks like, and how it can make a difference in how nonprofits are changing the world. But first, let me tell our listeners a little bit about you. An experienced resource development manager in the nonprofit sector, Vilika joined the Resource Alliance as CEO in March 2022 after first serving as a board member. Prior to that, she led the strategy and analysis team at SOS Children's Villages and was a consultant for Fundays in Mexico, where she provided strategic recommendations on an online capacity building platform for micro and small enterprises in emerging markets. And prior to that, she spent 13 years at Oxfam as a global fundraising strategy advisor for affiliates around the world. Uh, Again, thank you so much for being with us, Philika, and welcome. Uh, Thanks very much for having me, uh, Meg. It's a real pleasure to be here, and thanks for the lovely introduction. I'm I'm glad we could finally get this on the books and find the time to sit down and chat. So let's jump in. Um, You are a model of what would be called participative leadership. I know it's something that you like to discuss. So can you explain looks like in action in a nonprofit organization or any examples that you can use to illustrate it? Yeah, if you're talking about participative leadership, I think what is really important there is to hear the voices of the people involved in the specific team or in a project that you're operating with. And I'm a strong believer about what I would call cognitive diversity. You know, different voices bring different inputs. And when you create that ownership together, I think that's really the greatest success that you can achieve to start implementing and reaching your goals that have been set or the kind of impacts and purpose that you want to achieve. For some specific examples, well, maybe if I talk for Resource Alliance, we have a relatively small team. We do a tremendous amount of work. And what is really important there is that every person in the organization knows really their roles and their responsibilities and what they want to bring towards the the team. And that could mean maybe for a couple of years a certain element uh, in the work that we are doing. And that might change over time. You know, I'm not so interested in people always wanting to do the same thing. We really decided together about who is doing what and also really having a look at how people can keep on learning and changing and adapting based on their desires, their interests and their needs where possible. And that's maybe just in a small setup. Maybe let's give you another example where I've worked at big international NGOs and SOS Children's Villages went through a big change program where we really incorporated the voices of all the different countries and independent legal setups across the world and they operate in in every world every country possible so that is a complete different voice but very important voice to to listen and to hear what everyone has to bring in and therefore yeah to establish that alignment and that ownership and common voice instead of one voice or a couple of voices and then disseminate it. I can imagine if you're speaking to or about a very large 
very established organization, this might seem completely foreign to leadership that maybe are used to being that one voice. So if you are talking about that sort of organization with that sort of leadership, is there a way to segue into this new, well, what, what would be considered a new type of leadership? Yeah, the question is, first of all, is it a new type of leadership or has it always been there? And maybe some people are more comfortable with one way of leadership versus another way of leadership. If if you're not used to it, and I think the biggest change is almost start with a listening ear instead of taking up that almost what I would call macho leadership style where you have to be the know-it-all person and then disseminate your views or your inputs towards the rest of an organization or the team that you're operating in. I think the beautiful thing also in this day and age is really to say, you know, it's okay when I do not know it all or it's very okay to listen and to hear what other people have to bring and decide together. Now, some people might say, where is still the role of the leader in there? Are you not becoming one of the team members? And that might be true. You know, sometimes that really means uh, diminishing perhaps the role of the leader in a team member approach. But it also it also means giving the opportunity to your team to 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 rise and to create that voice and input and ownership around the broader topics, I think, what the organization wants to achieve. And I think there comes the leadership role perhaps back back into place again from a more traditional point of view, when it really comes to taking the final decisions and the sometimes difficult decisions. Yes, that is a responsibility of a leader in an organization. It might not necessarily be the responsibility at different levels within your team, but I think that listening ear and bringing in the voices and the insights from your team is really crucial and perhaps a different approach to the more traditional forms of leadership. Yeah. When I asked that last question, you brought up the, the thought, is this really a new form of leadership? Um, in many organizations, it probably is. And like I said, if you're talking about more established organizations that have been around forever and have always sort of done it this way, have looked for leaders who do it this way. What has to happen in that organization, do you believe, to to approach things differently? Is it possible to, as they say, teach an old dog new tricks? I think it's still possible. You know, I think it's always possible to change as a leader. Um, and I think it's also possible to change as an organizational culture. I think the organizational culture is really crucial here, is the culture and is the right balance within that culture to make that happen. So yes, of course, you need to have an agreement amongst leadership if that is what you want to do and want to achieve. You need to have perhaps a couple of role models, um, depending on the size of the organization, to, to make that happen and to showcase how that could be done. But I don't believe about people not wanting to change. We have seen it in the past, for example, in private sector organizations like Microsoft, where they used to recruit people that knew it all, had done it all, had all the experience there, had done maybe the same thing at two other organizations beforehand. And then there would be a place at Microsoft. Well, they have changed their culture completely to a learning organization and saying, if you have the right drive and the interest, 
to make this happen, that would be beautiful. And that passion is probably more important than the fact that you've done it all. Now, if we translate that to nonprofit organizations and the sector that we operate in, we often see that, you know, once you have your 10 years experience and you have done, for example, fundraising around humanitarian crisis in many other organizations, then there is a place for you here. Well, the question is, is that really the best learning methodology and the best candidate that you would like to have? Somebody is almost on the repeat mode other than, you know, there is a big drive for me to showcase what I can do and make it happen. So, yes, it does. It does maybe sometimes mean a change, but it's also an exciting opportunity to give new people a chance to give people who have done certain areas of work an opportunity to kind of reinvent themselves and try to do new things and therefore be excited and energetic of learning the new. And I think that is something as leaders in organization we be able to bring in. So I, I know that you had mentioned that you don't really think that people can't change, which, which is most likely true, but do you sense in some organizations or in some of the leaders maybe that you've encountered that there are any stumbling blocks that keep leaders feeling hesitant about changing the way they lead their organizations? Um, it's perhaps also around comfort. What are you known to, or what are you not known to, and changing things might sometimes be scary for people. And I think that is something that we all have to recognize. Um, having said that, and I think here comes, for example, the global community in from Resource Alliance. What we try to do is to share a lot of best practices across our global community. And I think the beautiful thing there is that you can reach out to people, you can connect with people who have maybe done a different setup within their organization. You can reach out and learn from people who have some proven track records and best practices around certain topics that really um, showcased um, the, the successes about the, the different cultural setting. So, yeah, I think in the end, you do not have to do it on your own or kind of reinvent yourself from scratch. I always say the wheel has been invented already. Please reach out to the people who know more about it and where you can get that information and insight. And also, I feel it doesn't always mean a complete U-turn. You know, there are just some small elements in it. Uh, just what I mentioned about being a listening ear, giving the voice to your team, also on the strategic areas, which is often linked towards a leadership or sometimes even a board a responsibility level. But bringing in that voice is super crucial to get that ownership and to get that kind of common goal and understanding for each and every team member. What is it what we want to achieve and how do I participate towards the bigger purpose that we have assigned as an organization? Um, so yeah, I think sometimes it means starting with, with small steps and learning from others who have gone through that process and that might help along, along the way. And what do you think the message is that this type of leadership sends to the team? I know that for years there have been discussions about how there's such a high turnover rate in nonprofit staffs. And is this something that you feel 
can move toward reducing that turnover rate? Like what, what do you think is the message, the positive message that staff would get from this? Yeah, it's a very interesting question because I received the question a lot at the moment about it's really difficult to recruit talented people. And my question back is always what happened with the talented people in your team? Why did they leave or why did they think there's not a place and a voice anymore? And we often hear different elements there. We very recently had a webinar around talent and understanding the different generations and what is important for different generations in work and how they would function and work best with each other. We also have a very recent leadership summit around talent and the culture of organization, how that is linked and aligned with maintaining talent within within the organization. And there are some, uh, what we call some smaller cohort groups really looking into that as well. I think in general, we definitely can say, you know, is the role as a fundraiser and a resource mobilizer still interesting enough? You know, are we really promoting it in its full sense or have we really reduced it almost towards you need to get X amount of income this year and that's it? I would say that is a very limited role model in a way and a very limited job description of the roles that we are looking for. Because the beautiful thing about a fundraiser and the resource mobilizer is that they are often between the work that we are supporting, you know, the communities. It could be around nature and the nature projects involved or the animal projects involved and the funder. And that intermediary role is so crucial and so beautiful and therefore almost an educating and an exchanging element there is is very crucial as well. So one is, how do we really describe our roles and our job descriptions? And how does that, again, reach towards the wider purpose towards our organization? And secondly, what do we do internally to maintain our talent? Uh, And we often um, do recognize, and this came out of one of those senior leadership summit sessions that we had recently around talent, that, yeah, sometimes it still felt like nonprofit organizations have many meetings, are not moving fast enough, you know, are slow or do not give the responsibility to people who really think they can take up more responsibility levels or there are no growth opportunities. But these are all, I think, reflectors for leaders in a way as well to say, what do we really want to do there? Do we want to make a change? What is the culture that we really want to embrace internally that in a way also reflects how we want to want the world to, to look like externally? And what is our big purpose? You know, sometimes I really feel like we miss sometimes the focus on purpose and go straight into, for example, when we talk about fundraising, that kind of income goal. Well, we all know income is needed, but income is a driver to achieve a bigger goal. And that is the purpose of the organization. So, yes, there are a couple of elements there that I think are really crucial to think about. And definitely we have a link towards that talent recruitment, but especially about how to maintain talent, which is an an important, important element. And not only maintaining talent, but it sounds like you're also saying that organizations need to find a way to help their talent maintain their passion for what they're doing. Yes. And 
in one way, the organization has to maintain the talent and the passion about what they are doing, but also ask them that question. You know, ask your talent the question, what is your big driver? What is what? And that changes over time. Nobody is the same as we were 10 years ago. You know, we change, we evolve. There are different external factors that might impact our our views and that might maybe impact even our our skills and opportunities that we have. And I think that drive and that passion is really crucial. And do we allow and give people an opportunity to follow that, embrace that? Now, I'm not saying, therefore, everyone should continuously change what they are doing on a regular basis. But, you know, there are different setups at the moment to make that happen. Again, that learner organization as a culture style is one of them. You see it much more right now with the introduction of scrums and scrum teams, where they work in a much more a team form, where that whole middle management layer is less important than in the more traditional hierarchical structural uh, organogram structures. Um, so yes, I I've, I've definitely believe that is something that can be adapted and therefore makes it exciting as well what people want to do. Yeah, Bilika, I know through the Resource Alliance and, and through your vast experience that you have connected with organizations all over the world of different missions and different sizes. Do you see trends emerging in leadership that might be different from what we've been seeing? We definitely see them. We have to say, as Resource Alliance, we always ask for the best practices and the new trends. So maybe that's why we see them faster than you might see them at the moment. But one of the things that we definitely try to do is to exchange this as wide as possible within our global community. And those trends happen everywhere. You see the whole uptake at the moment of many more younger people and younger organizations and new organizations and campaigns and activities that have a complete different culture towards the more traditional NGOs that we all know from the past and are still active now. Here in the UK, we had a beautiful example of an organization working towards children and, and their needs and support that had a complete radical internal change around the way they structure their team, the way they want to be, really represent their culture, uh, but also therefore saying we really want to make this happen and believing and trusting in what others say about things are not possible. Maybe we first should have a try and then we really know. Um, so those changes are happening fast. Um, also, when we're talking from a global perspective, for me, one of the beautiful facts and statistics is half of the population is under the age of 30. Well, if we know that, what does it say about leadership, about culture, about whom we are listening to and whom we should be listening to? Because a lot of change is happening there and coming from that new group uh, and the new people at a younger age. So do we reflect that in our boards? Do we reflect that in our leadership? No, and that is something that we as Resource Alliance, you know, have to focus upon as well and probably can do better about. I mean, I've got gray hair, you might not see it, but yeah, I'm hitting 50 this year. So I really try to reflect it within our team as well. If you're talking about diversity, diversity is also focused on age. 
And that is an important voice that needs to be on the table at the moment. But yeah, we see definitely that change happening and we always share that within our global community. So anyone who is interested, feel free to sign up for our free webinars that we have every month because a lot is shared. There are a lot of people willing to share their their thoughts, ideas and Best practices is sometimes also, you know, the not best practices, which are as important, I believe, to learn from and to build upon. Well, Vilika, we're coming to the end of our time together, and I'm wondering, is there anything that you'd like to leave our listeners with before we sign off for the day? Two things. I think one, as being a leader, um, it's really important to provide that listening ear. Take a little bit of a step back and listen first and see what comes your way, because the thoughts and the ideas and the learnings and the different views and opinions are really enriching anything that you want to do to achieve your purpose. And the second thing is, by doing so, you create a very exciting and energetic team that feels that, understand how to achieve that broader purpose that you want to achieve, but also to be involved in it and feel that they have that ownership over it. And that's, I think, what every leader would like to achieve within their teams. So yeah, thanks very much, Mick, for having this opportunity to share that with you. Oh, thank you. I, I We really do appreciate you being here. To our listeners, you can connect with Villiga on LinkedIn and learn more about the Resource Alliance and its premier event, the International Fundraising Congress, or IFC, at resourcealliance.org. That's resource-alliance.org. Thank you for listening. Again, I'm Margaret Gardner, and I hope to, that you will join us next time for another episode of the Beacon Podcast. Thanks for listening to The Beacon, your connection to nonprofit success. Tune in every week for nonprofit topics with special guest interviews. Suggest future topics and learn more about upcoming podcasts and guests at lighthousecouncil.com.